At Alma, we know the connection between you and your therapist matters. But if you're already feeling stressed and burnt out, the idea of trying to find a therapist you really connect with can be overwhelming. That's why Alma's focused on helping you find the right therapist for you. When you browse their online directory, you can filter by the qualities that are most important to you. Then, book free 15-minute consultations with any therapist you're interested in seeing. And because 95% of therapists at Alma accept insurance, you can find care that's affordable to you want to talk to someone, but not just anyone. Alma is there to help you find the right fit. Visit helloalma.com slash therapy30 to schedule a free consultation today. That's helloalma.com slash therapy30. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hey, everybody. This is Richard Deitch, and welcome to the Sports Media Podcast. My producer is Patrick Antonetti. Bonus episode of the Sports Media Podcast, but uh, but a great guest to have for this bonus episode. It's Joe Davis, the new voice of the World Series for Fox Sports. Um, one of the few to hold that incredibly iconic position. Joe Davis has been with Fox Sports since 2014. He's done uh, network coverage for college football, college basketball, and obviously I think many people know him from his MLB coverage from Fox. He's also obviously one of the voices of the Los Angeles Dodgers, uh, an iconic team. He followed Vin Scully. So um, now following Joe Buck on Fox Sports and followed Vin Scully for the Dodgers. Uh, Pretty amazing career Joe Davis has had at a young age. And so I'm just going to let this roll. We talked for about 26, 27 minutes. Uh, was a great conversation. Joe was very honest about uh, sort of how this came to be and uh, his talking to Joe Buck afterwards, and uh, and I really enjoyed it, and I appreciate the uh, the time he gave me. He certainly, uh, he certainly did not have to do this, but but that he did, uh, uh, I appreciate it very much. So Joe Davis, the new voice of the World Series on Fox. All right, as I said at the top, Joe Davis is the new voice of the World Series. For Fox, a little bit of bio for him. He joined Fox Sports in 2014, which is crazy. Eight years. doesn't seem like it eight years for Joe. He's done college football for that network, college basketball, obviously MLB. And if you're a baseball fan, you know that Joe is one of the voices of uh, of the Dodgers. Um, even if you're not in that market, it's such an iconic franchise that um, you have probably heard Joe uh, connected to that. I'm pleased to... Uh, in one of his first interviews, since this is uh, this is official, pleased to be joined by Joe Davis. Joe, how does that sound, man? The voice of the World Series. 
man, it, it's you say it there, and I like shake my head. Like it's it's never gonna get old. I'll tell you that. It's just I've I've been pinching myself for a couple weeks now. All right, let's uh, let's start here, Joe. And again, you know, I realize you'll you may want to be a little judicious in how detailed you get, but I think listeners will find this interesting. When did Fox inform you of this? When did you learn that you were going to succeed, Joe Buck, in in what is a major major sports broadcasting job? Yeah, it's interesting, Richard. Where it was for a while, it was just me reading all the same rumors that we all were, um, and. Obviously, my ears perk up when I hear that ESPN has interest in Joe Buck. But at the same time, it's like Joe Buck's never leaving Fox, right? Joe Buck's going to be the voice of the World Series and the Super Bowl of Fox for eternity. You just you don't picture a, a universe without him in that role. So it was one of those things where, yeah, you try not to get your hopes up. And that's easier said than done. But really, it was like, I can't get too ahead of myself on this. There's no way, right? There's no way this happens. But still, you're looking at your phone every day and constantly updating Twitter, hoping for a call from somebody to give you information. And for the longest time, it didn't come. It was, you know, minor little updates here and there, but a lot of it's speculation. And then when I finally got to that point where I was able to say to myself, okay, just put your phone away. If it happens, if it if it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, what an awesome position I'm still in. What a great life I have, you know, doing the Dodgers. And I got a great family and I'm living in LA, living in South Pasadena, which is just, it's paradise here and doing the amazing stuff I'm doing for Fox. If I don't get it, life is still really good. So I finally came to, came to grips with that. And it's funny, as soon as that happens, that's when everything started to move. That's when we started to get substantial updates. And I think it's really great the way Fox handled it, where the real updates from my bosses at Fox didn't happen until they had officially finished things off with Joe. And when I say finish things off, I mean, come to good terms with Joe. Both sides were clear on what was going on. There wasn't a single conversation with me. There wasn't a single conversation, even that I know about internally at Fox that I've heard about that happened about what the plan was until they figured Joe's situation out. And that's how it should be. When the call comes, does it come from your representatives, your agent, or does it come from Eric Shanks or uh, the president of Fox Sports or Brad Zager, the executive producer? I, you know, this is like, uh, let's, let's be honest, like it's a once in a lifetime kind of call. So how does, how does the call come about? Yeah. Uh, so it was, most of the updates came from my representatives. Uh, but then Brad told me in person, um, and, and that's Brad Zager. And I really appreciate the way he did it. He, we sat down and we chatted and he first described, uh, the conversations he had had with Joe and how they felt like they were leaving on great terms. And same thing with Troy that, you know, he wanted to make that clear. And, and then he said, I'm here to offer you the chance to be the voice of baseball. And I broke down like, I felt like uh, a young lady getting proposed to like the reaction you see, you know, and when, when somebody gets proposed to, and uh, it took me a minute and then it was like, same thing, like the, the lady getting proposed to, of course, you know, like, of course, you know, of course the answer is yes. Um, right. But I, I really, Did you cry? Did you literally oh shed my tears? Gosh, Richard, I bawled. Wow. Like I, awesome. it took me a little while to get it together. And that was one of a number of times over the course of that week where, you know, the, the emotions of thinking it could happen for about a month 
to not, you know, and, but not knowing, like feeling like I was that close to a dream coming true, but not knowing the emotions of that. And then the emotions of really starting to feel like it was going to happen that week, probably, I don't know, three or four times where I broke down. There's another time where, uh, so the, the following Monday took my daughter, my son and daughter into school. And I had told my daughter who is five and a half, I had told her a week or two before, as I was starting to think there was a pretty good chance it was going to happen. I tried to explain it to her like, honey, there's, you know, if you, you know what the world series is and she didn't really know. And I, I explained it to her and, um, I said, you know, that has been since daddy was like your age, that's what he dreamt of doing and it might happen. And so, look, honey, anything you want to do, you can decide whatever it is you want to do, you can do it. Decide what you want to do and go do it. And so I kind of laid this foundation with her and I think she's old enough where it it registered a little bit, I thought. So I drop her off at school the Monday after it does happen. We find out for sure it's happening. The next day, I drop her off again and her teacher says, Joe, congratulations. And mind you, there are like five people in the world that know at this point. And I said, oh boy, I guess you have an inside source. And she said, yeah, first thing Charlotte did yesterday when we got in the classroom was announced to the entire classroom. My daddy got the World Series. And for whatever reason, that was another moment that just got me. I got in the car and and broke down. Yeah, that's great. Kids are Kids are great when it comes to that stuff uh genuineness of that reaction were you um were you aware at all that um and maybe you even talked to him about this but but that for a while you know joe buck was considering stepping back from baseball or at least thinking about the prospect of no matter where he would be whether it would be fox obviously we now know he's at espn like like he was going to step away from this position and probably mostly just do football in the midst of all this were you aware of of Joe's thinking on that. Yeah, just like we all were, not any real insight beyond what he had said publicly. And he had joked around with me a couple of times, like, hey, pretty soon, you know, I'll come out here and I can do some Dodger games and you can take over this year <laughs> doing nice. like until it actually happens. Right. I, yeah, I, I had had that kind of internal conversation with myself many times. Like, yeah, I, I feel like I'm in line. And if Joe ever did decide to to step down, I'd be the guy. But I just until he actually chooses to say I I am done calling the World Series. Like I would understand if Joe wanted to do that for the rest of his life. I also understood all of his reasoning and making the move that he ultimately made. Um, so I think that coming from it, coming at it from both those places, it it hit me in a, a really special way. In that, yeah, like I, I could kind of see that I might be the guy if he left, but. I just didn't see a universe where he was going to step down. Like until that actually happened, my mind couldn't go far enough along. There are contractual realities when it comes to you working for Fox and and what your assignments are. And then there is like the performance part of it where Fox sports executives will you know make a um a determination as to um you calling the World Series this year. Although again, the caveat, as I asked this question, Joe, is you've worked for them now for eight years. They're familiar with your work. You're not an unknown product. But the reason I offer that preamble is when you are approaching this job, the World Series job, do you approach it on a sort of a year-by-year basis that you feel like you got to prove 
to them every year that you should be doing this? Or like, do you feel in some ways like, all right, this is my job now for an extended period of time. I'm trying to get into sort of your POV as to how you approach it. That's a great question. Um, I don't think it's healthy to look at it as, okay, I have to prove myself. Cause I, I don't know, at least for me, I would think that that'd lead to me maybe being somebody that I'm not and over trying. So a couple of things, I think the fact that I've worked with John and Ken and Tom and that whole crew for quite a few years now doing, you know, six to eight regular season games every year, doing the division series every year. So doing you know big games with that crew, knowing how everything operates, having a great rapport already with Smolty, that's in place. And, you know, Richard, that's a big deal. Like your, your chemistry with your partner, your chemistry. Your producer, director too, as you know. 100%. And I have such a comfort level with those guys because they've been so amazing to me. When I was just the kid coming in to fill in for Joe, and they've been so amazing for me the whole time. And that gives me so much comfort and confidence going into what, uh, of course, I hope is a long run. Uh, so I guess it's somewhere in the middle. I don't look at it as uh, I got to prove myself every year. But at the same time, I like I get this. I, the, the dream comes true. I get to do this. But now I'm like, OK, now it's time to put the pedal to the metal and and grow more than I've ever grown and be better than I've ever been. So not proving it to anybody, just kind of the way I'm wired. Like now's the time where I want to, you know, max things out. I want to be as great as I possibly can be uh, to do this job justice. And hopefully that leads to me being in this chair for a really, really long time. You have a unique situation in that you call obviously one of the iconic franchises right now in baseball. And now you're the, the, the voice of the World Series and sort of Fox's um, national broadcaster in baseball, for sort of lack of a more elegant phrase. Joe Buck, at, in the last couple of years, reduced his national schedule when it came to calling national games prior to the postseason. You obviously have to navigate the Dodgers. Do you have any sense yet as to how many games, regular season games you might call for Fox prior to the postseason? Yeah, we're still locking in the schedule exactly. The good thing is, Richard, is that it's already been like 10 or so games a summer for baseball, a lot of those with Smoltzy and that crew. So the schedule's not a whole lot different when you're looking at, can I still fulfill my Dodger number? How, you know, how do you have to navigate all that? So I think we're still going to be able to pull everything off somewhere in that neighborhood, right? 10 to 12 or 13 games. You, know, you have the, obviously the all-star game and Field, Field of Dreams game is now yours? Yes. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So those events that are added to the schedule, but um, not, so I guess the long answer to your question is not an exact number, but a feel that I can continue to make it work the way that I have. One of the uh, challenges for Joe Buck um, in this job was when the Cardinals were involved in the postseason or the World Series. And I remember having a couple conversations with him. I wish I could remember what the – I mean, I've interviewed, obviously, Joe. It feels like a million times. But I specifically remember one time he told me that one of the calls he wished he had back were – I think he said it was the Cardinals in the World Series. If it wasn't, it was the Cardinals in like the NLCS, but I think it was the World Series. And what he said was he was so intent on calling it – like he was so intent on the audience knowing that he was neutral and calling it down the middle that he believed he lost all emotion in his call. He called it almost, in his words, sort of too robotic. And he promised himself he would never do that again. He would never let sort of the – 
the the paranoia in his brain that he was somehow favoring the Cardinals like impact his call. And so I am I can guarantee you have thought about the prospect of the Dodgers being in the World Series because they're you know they're one of the preseason favorites right now. And so how will you navigate that because that's you know that's tricky terrain that your predecessor had to deal with and I think he would candidly say at times he didn't deal with it great. Yeah, it's uh, I've definitely thought about it. It would certainly add a layer of nuance to the whole thing. One good thing is that I've had some big Dodger games before. So I have some experience in that. Um, the highlight of my career to this point was getting to fill in for Joe in game seven of the NLCS in 2020. And that was a Dodger comeback win over the Braves to get to the World Series. So I had that experience of, of trying to navigate that. I've had many Dodger regular season games on Fox where it's a much smaller stage and much less at stake. Um, but have experience doing that. I, it's human nature, I think, to have to think a little bit more, go a little step further in the way you you think through the calls, which isn't a great thing. But um, yeah, if, if, if it gets there, like a lot of people think it will, yeah, at that point, I'm working for Fox. And I've done many of these games, many Dodger games where I know how to play it down the middle. And um, I guess it's easier said than done, but I would hope that 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 experience would take over and that I would do the, do the games justice. And, and you'd never know that I was with the Dodgers for a hundred some days each year. Joe, you call college football, you've called college basketball. Obviously people know uh, you call major league baseball. Um, You are certainly most well known for calling baseball. That doesn't necessarily mean it is the sport you enjoy calling the most. Is it with, you know, with your, resume that you've done has baseball always been the sort of above the other two or it has just your career happened where you've landed in these very high profile baseball jobs i think it's more that i think that baseball and football are 1a and 1b however you want to organize them so i grew up in a football family my dad's a hall of fame high school football coach in michigan and i grew up going to potterville high that's right that's right going and uh you know laying coming coming from school to his practice and napping in the pile of tackling dummies and as I grew up being the water boy and and then his quarterback and I played football in college so football is kind of the family sport and still remains uh I I love doing it I love the big event feel of a football game the weekly build-up to a football game I think it's more circumstantial that if if you know if I'm now viewed as more of a quote unquote baseball guy, I think that's more circumstantial because of the Dodger thing and now the World Series thing. I don't resent it at all, uh, but yeah, I, I like both equally, football and baseball. Right, and you played foot. You were you played football mm-hmm. in high school. I think you played in college too, correct? Right, yeah. So yeah, it's always been. Did you play baseball as well, or just you know football? what? I went there saying that uh, I played baseball in high school, and I went to college saying I was going to play both, and then got through that freshman season of football and. Got knocked around pretty good and figured maybe I just uh, I, I keep it to the one sport. Let me ask you one more question about your family, and then we'll finish up with a couple other things. You have a younger brother, Ben. Is that correct? Our younger brother, Sam. Yep. Sam. I'm sorry. Okay. Sam is the filmmaker? He is. Okay. So your brother co-produced, uh, I think he was a cinematographer as well, maybe, on um, period, end of sentence. This won the best documentary short yeah. at the 2019 Oscars. Man, you're... Your parents uh, have to feel pretty good about uh, their kids reaching some pretty uh, amazing heights. But uh, what's it like to have a brother who who has won 
won an Oscar. I mean, that is, that's some rarefied air in that world. Yeah, it's amazing. And my sister too uh, is incredible. We have, my brother and I have a younger sister, Catherine, who's in Michigan, uh, a creative type as well. And she's, she's putting together a great career as well. But my brother, so my brother moved out to LA before I did to go wow. to Santa Monica Junior College and then went to USC Film School. And yeah, brought home the big hardware. I think he was 26 <laughs> or 27 at that point. Um, nice. you mentioned, you mentioned my parents, they're the ones that deserve all the credit. And I know my brother would say the same, and it's hard for me to even put a finger on what exactly it was because I, I certainly try to raising kids of my own. Now, what was it that my parents did? What was it that they instilled in us? Um, and I don't know, I mean, loyalty, respect, hard work, but it was never one of those things. It, I think it's hard to know what it was that they instilled in us because it wasn't like, it wasn't like they were hitting us over the head with anything. I think it was more that it was by their own example that they set. And so yeah. it never, it was never that explicit what we were being taught. We just were lucky to be around them and see the way that they lived their own lives and treated each other. I think about that often the way my parents treated each other. Uh, when I'm, when I think about being a husband to my wife and just the example they set, I, I think that, my brother would tell you the same thing. I think my sister would tell you too. We have the two best parents any kids could ever ask for. Yeah, that's great. Uh, I mean, not to uh, not to be so raw here, but I've always uh, I, I've always thought that I will consider myself a successful adult if I don't raise assholes. Just to be blunt. <laughs> and so, like, I feel like uh, um, that's a that's a that's a sort of a great calling card that your parents have done to have. Uh, kids who are successful adults and and contributing to the to their uh, um, to their communities. That's uh, that's very cool. Um, all right, a couple more Let me things. Tell you this, Richard. Let Go me ahead. focus on my parents. Yeah, please. I was in college uh, at Beloit College, sophomore junior year through there. Yeah, I've always known this is what I wanted to do, but started to like you know college kids sometimes like okay, am I going down the right path? And I, for whatever reason, got on this kick where I was going to leave Beloit, where I was playing football and in the fraternity and announcing all these games and go somewhere to become a lawyer. I don't wow. know why I got there, why I got to that. But my parents were like, no, you're not. You're st I think that I had gotten, I had seen that, you know, there's 150 people that apply for these minor league baseball jobs. Like, man, like that's impossible. I mean, I, I, I've always prided myself on being able to, to do big things and chase down big dreams, but that's impossible. Let's just play the odds here. And my parents shut it down so fast. So there's a, there's some tangible evidence for why they deserve credit for where I'm at. Yeah, that's great. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got 
got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odysseypodcast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash odysseypodcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash odysseypodcast. One thing I wanted to ask you, and I realize you got to be a little diplomatic here, but I, I am just curious because it sort of now you look in hindsight and it's, I wonder if they'd want it back. You joined Fox in 2014 from ESPN, mm-hmm. correct? Mm-hmm. Did ESPN make make it? I mean, you're admittedly you're much younger at the time, you're mid 20s, but did ESPN make an attempt to keep you? Did they ever try to uh, at least offer some kind of path where, hey, Joe, you know, you stick around for the next five to 10 years, here's where we see you, you know, at 33, 34, et cetera. Yeah. I never once had the sense of like, you know, what the hell they didn't, they didn't try to keep me at, like you said, I was so new to TV. I'd done two years. They definitely presented an offer. I think it was more just the timing of FS1 was really getting going at that point. Right. There was room at Fox at that point for some pretty big level stuff The ESPN just, as a result of how deep their roster is, they couldn't offer, like they're not going to knock people down to keep this random kid. I was like 25 at this point. I would never expect them to, to knock anybody down or run to keep me. Fox had a spot as the number two college football guy. And they had a spot doing a lot of major league baseball, which ESPN couldn't offer either of those things. So it wasn't something where they didn't try hard enough to keep me. I think it was just the, the perfect timing for Fox to be able to present something that I couldn't turn down. Yeah, man. It's just like sometimes life is about timing more than anything else. And sort of when, when you take a certain path or when you take a certain job or, you know, if you want to get in your personal life, you know, you just happen to be in the right place where you meet your significant other. It's, it's a lot of randomness nope. uh, many times in life. So that's, yeah, good that you sort of took advantage of that. Um, all right, I want to finish up with, um, you know, people when they talk about this, Joe, they're going to talk about the parallels of of you replacing Joe Buck. You obviously followed in the footsteps of um, of Vince Scully. Um, you um, you were, you know, the the press box at Dodger Stadium is named after Vin, correct? Yeah. Okay, so. You, you, whenever you're doing those games, right, you must always feel him. It isn't, I would think in your position, it is impossible not to feel the presence of Vince Scully, even if the body of Vince Scully is not there. Is that, is that a fair assessment? Yeah, totally fair. And I think that it was important when I started to consider taking the job that right away, a couple things happened. First of all, I, made the distinction in my mind that I would be following Vin, not replacing Vin. Because I think replacing somebody like that or replacing somebody like Joe, you're not going to do it. Vin's the greatest yeah, exactly. ever to do this job. Joe, to me, is the greatest of this generation. It, you're, you're not going to replace those guys. So if you're trying to replace them, you're probably going to try to be somebody that you're not. I looked at it as following Vin, and I look at it as following Joe. And I think when you look at it that way, it becomes a – wonderful responsibility 
as opposed to this pressure pack situation where on paper, you should probably fail. You know, like if you're looking at it as replacing these guys, I think you are going to fail. I looked at it as with Vin and you can draw the parallels to following Joe. It's part of what makes these gigs so special is who has been in that chair. You know, in the case of Vin for 67 years for me, in the case of Joe, 24 World Series back to 1996, he's the guy I grew up watching and seeing and hearing nail those huge moments and thinking, how cool would it be to be half of what Joe is one day, to have a chance to do those things? So, like, I know I can't replace Joe. I couldn't replace Vin. I just try to be me, let myself be myself, and try to channel it as a responsibility more than a pressure. All right, two more here. Um, since this has occurred, and my guess is the answer is going to be yes, have you heard from Joe Buck? Yeah, he's the best. He's, yeah. Can you share, without obviously maybe revealing something that he would not want revealed, what was that conversation like? And the, the basis of it is his favorite thing about this is that I get this opportunity, which just shows you what kind of guy he is. And I told him, like, I grew up wanting to be like you professionally because you're the best at this. And I wanted to capture moments and elevate moments the way you do with the perfect words and you know the, the right tone and all that. Like, I just wanted to be like you. And that evolved through the years as I was lucky enough to get to know Joe through Fox football seminars and, you know, just working at the same place that evolved to an admiration and a respect for who he is as a person and the way that his crews feel about him and the way that he treats young broadcasters. And it's, it's just been a really special thing to go from him being the guy that I held up on this pedestal, thinking I could one day be a little bit like to learning so much from him and now getting to be the person that follows him and, and one of the great chairs in this business. It, it, it's all, it's, it's honestly, Richard, it's all really mind blowing to me. And I don't know that I'll ever completely wrap my mind around, you know, what it all means, given all those layers. And then lastly, Joe, how often do you talk to Vince Scully? Do you, are you in uh, frequent, infrequent con- uh, contact with him? What's that relationship like? Yeah, so we, 2016, he did just home games and I did just road games. So there was no crossover, just we were never in the same place at that point. 2017 was the first year where I did all the games. And at that point, Vin was coming off the, you know, the greatest farewell tour ever where everybody wanted a picture with Vin and everybody wanted to tell Vin their favorite Vin story. I think it was one of those things where he had been in the spotlight for so long that he said, okay, that it's enough. I'm going to pull back. I don't think he wanted, and trust me, I would have, I would have loved to have him in the booth every single moment of every single game and taken everything from him. I could, I don't think he wanted to be a quote unquote burden to the person that was following him. Again, it would have been the farthest thing from that, but that's a long way of saying we don't talk a ton. Uh, we still friendly relationship and see each other now and then through different things. Uh, but he's given me some great advice too. I mean, he was, he was the first one to tell me to really just let yourself be yourself. And that's what Red Barber told him in 1950. And I think I told you this, Richard, when we talked. When yeah, he, I remember that. Yeah. That he when it, when it said that's, you know, you can study all the X's and O's of play-by-play and call in big moments, but ultimately you've just got to be you. And to get secondhand advice from Red Barber like that. And to have it, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I mean, geez. It's, uh, so I, I, I often think about 
uh, Vin and his advice. And like you said, it he continues to define that chair that I sit in every day on Dodger broadcasts. Yeah, they'll they'll never be another one like no. uh, based on longevity impact. It's there are just certain people whose livelihoods cannot be duplicated, and, and he would be one in sports broadcasting. Uh, Joe Davis is the new voice of the World Series, which I think for him is still going to take some time to get used to. But let's note here that that news was first broken by his five-year-old daughter, Charlotte. Don't give anyone else the credit for that scoop. Yeah. We now know. Yeah. We've now been given who that was. Listen, Joe, congratulations, man. It, again, like, they're, they're having written about this for a while, there are just a few jobs that are sort of unique and iconic and only have a handful of people who have done it and now you're in this exclusive group man so um i can only imagine what what that's what that's like congratulations i think you're gonna do an awesome job and uh and thanks for giving us some time today on the sports media podcast thank you so much richard anytime buddy all right back in the studio my thanks to uh, joe davis for uh, his time thanks to patrick antonetti for popping on to do a uh, uh an emergency podcast but uh had the opportunity to do this interview and uh, and wanted to present it to you uh, to everybody listening I, I imagine you enjoyed that and uh, get ready for joe davis who i think is going to be calling the world series for many years um previous uh podcasts include uh jim miller on espn's mega contracts uh, grant wall on world cup coverage that paul Heyman uh, recently isabella kashudian from odessa ukraine on what it's like to cover the russian invasion of ukraine taylor Rooks, CNBC reporter Alex Sherman, ESPN's Rebecca Lobo and Holly Rowe, TJ Quinn of ESPN on the Brittany Griner story. If you like these kind of conversations, please uh, leave us a five-star review and a nice note wherever you listen to stuff on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, uh, Stitcher, Google Play, etc. That's how the podcast sticks around, and I appreciate the support. I want to thank Patrick Antonetti for producing this podcast. Thanks to everybody at Cadence 13, and thank you for listening. We'll see you soon. Sports Media Podcast. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.